Hello from the Financial Times in London. I'm Malcolm Moore, and this is News in Focus, where we offer our insights into the stories that matter. Google is allegedly using hidden web pages to push the personal data of users to advertisers, circumventing EU privacy regulations that require consent and transparency. Madhumita Mergia, our European technology correspondent, broke the story, and she's with me in the studio to discuss what she discovered. Madhu, what exactly is Google doing and how was it discovered? So the discovery was made by Johnny Ryan. He works for a browser company, so it's a smaller rival to Google Chrome, but actually built on the same technology as Chrome. It's called Brave. And he's actually been launching a series of complaints against Google for the way that they've been using people's personal data. And one of his complaints led to an active investigation by the Irish Data Protection Regulator, who's now looking into Google's use of our personal data already. So as part of that ongoing investigation, he wanted to get some more evidence to show exactly how his own personal data was being processed by Google during this process called real-time bidding, which is essentially an auction for ad space on different websites. Let's just go into that a little bit more, just so that everybody's clear what this is about. So when you log on to a website, the adverts on that website, companies basically bid for that space. How does that process work and what is the data that Google is feeding in there that helps the companies to decide? The way it works is think of it just like a marketplace or an auction. Your eyeballs are what people are bidding for. So as soon as you load up a website in the milliseconds that it takes for you to see an ad, in that time, your information, which includes an ID that ties you to your browser, as well as what you're reading, what you're looking at, and maybe even the history of your browsing, is all transmitted to many, many companies. Those companies can match what they already know about you and assess how much they want to pay to put their ad in front of you. And then a decision is made, a winner is announced, and that winner gets to put their advert in front of you on your web page. So that's the reason why we've all basically looked for something, maybe on a website, a pair of shoes or, you know, a table, and then we've gone to a different website subsequently, and we've found an advert for that product on the website looking at us. That's why products follow us around the internet. Exactly. This is the process that underpins targeted advertising or personalised advertising, as we call it. So it's targeted for you. Okay. So Google shares data on your browsing history with advertisers, but what other data does it share with advertisers in this process? In this particular process, Google is generating an identifier or a tracker that's associated with you. So the reason we call it personal data is because it's unique to a single person and it means that it can be associated with you. So under data protection rules, that's known as pseudonymous data because it's not anonymous It's just another way to identify you and therefore is personal data. And now using that ID, we can attach it to you and then advertisers can share that amongst each other. So they always know it's you. They can combine other information that they've got about you and essentially enhance their profile or knowledge of you and then target you better. Right. And it's not just online information about you. They can also build into that profile some offline information, right? Exactly. So you have companies called data brokers that are part of this ecosystem who have offline data on you, which could include things like what you buy at supermarkets that they might get from your Tesco club card or your earnings. So they have various other data sources from the real world that can be added to your online behavior to know more about you. And how does that all 
fit in with GDPR, which is the EU regulation on data privacy? Are companies allowed to build huge profiles of you and then use it to sell you adverts? Under GDPR, yes, they can do it, but they have to do it with your consent. Or, you know, there are various rules that you have to follow. But when it comes to advertising, it's basically based on the fact that they've asked you your permission. So this is why you see those pop-ups on every single website you go to that say, do you agree to having cookies on your browser, which means can we track you? Can we put an identifier on your browser and know who you are? And then as part of that, if you actually open and read it, they're supposed to tell you all of the other companies and parties with whom they're going to be sharing your ID and your data. And really, they should also be telling you what those companies are going to do with your data, how long they keep it. So you're supposed to have full awareness, which is where the transparency comes in, of who has your data, what they're going to do with it, how long they're going to have it. Okay. And what has Google said that it shares and doesn't share? What are Google's policies? Because they made a slight change to their policies before GDPR came into force. Is that right? Yeah. So Google relies completely, they say, on consent. And they actually rely on the publishers, or in this case, the website owners, to get that consent. Those are their rules. So if you as a company, whether you're an advertiser or a publisher, want to work with Google and use their ad technology, and they are the biggest player in the market, then you have to abide by their rules. And their rules say, hey, websites, you take responsibility for getting consent from the people who visit the website, and we will then share the data legally throughout. So they don't actually personally take responsibility for getting that consent. And the change that they made sounds minor, but what they've said is that they will no longer share their cookie IDs with multiple parties so that they can't combine different profiles and target you. And this is something that was a huge advantage previously because Google had this ID, many people use Chrome, and then companies could use that ID to cross-reference and enhance their profiles, as we discussed But what they said just after GDPR came into effect was we'll no longer allow you to match different tables that have these cookie IDs in them in the interest of protecting user privacy. So that brings us back to your story, because what we found is that they are still sharing those IDs, even though they said they wouldn't. Yes. So that's what it looks like. So we have to be careful here because this is now an active case. It's with the Irish Data Protection Commission. And really, it's up to them to decide whether it's illegal and to investigate it further. But what the behavior looked like is that there was an ID being generated, but it wasn't being done in the browser. So when Johnny Ryan was looking at what was going on in his browser, he could see who the third parties were, he could see what was going on. But then he also found this strange URL or a link to another website, but had no idea what it was. When he clicked through to this website, he found that the link to the website was a unique identifier that was unique to him and his activity at that time in that location on that website, and that it was being shared with eight different advertising companies or ad tech companies. And they were then able to match that ID and do exactly what they shouldn't have been doing under these rules, which is matching different profiles. And building a profile of his activity across different times and different sites. Yeah. So basically, this is personal data, as we said, because it's an identifier. And this was being shared with parties and shared again and shared again and matched without the end user's knowledge or consent in this case. Okay. So just to be clear then, Google would share the link to this website with the advertisers. The advertisers would then go to the website and they would get from that an identifying tracker which they would understand what the user was doing. 
Okay, what's Google's response? Google has now come out and said that they believe this is something called cookie matching. They say that they have rules about this and a guide, and this is something that's widespread across real-time bidding and the ad tech industry, and it is not something that's particularly not allowed. You know, they haven't come out and denied basically anything. They've only said that, oh, we do have a policy on this. We call it cookie matching, even though it might seem like it's hidden in the process that is generated. We actually have a name for it. So that's all we really know from Google about it. And they have said as well that they are working with the Irish Data Protection Commissioner, that this entire process is being investigated and they're cooperating. So they have also admitted that, yes, there are a lot of opaque and confusing bits of this bidding ecosystem that may or may not be GDPR compliant. And they accept that they're a part of that. And they're trying to make it as transparent as possible by working with regulators. Okay. So looking at the real-time bidding in the ad market overall, how much is the market worth? Uh, Based on sources, we think that in Europe, which is where GDPR applies, real-time bidding is about $13 billion market. But of course, ad tech overall is, you know, it's a $200 billion market. In annual sales. Yes. And it's the business model of the internet. So it's why we get to do everything for free on the internet, because our data is being sold and traded. And it's one of the reasons why Google developed its own browser. Exactly. Because that's another way to collect not just personal data, but really reliable data about the user that they associate with their own identifiers and can then sell that on or share that on with their partners. And we've said that Google owns the largest ad exchange, the largest auction house for real-time bidding, but how dominant are they a player in this market? Google is an advertising company, the largest in the world. In the last quarter, they had $38.9 billion of revenue, mostly from ads, and that growth is accelerating. I think it was about 23% growth in the last quarter. And according to eMarketer in 2019, Google will have 37.2% of the entire digital ad market. So they're by far the largest player in online advertising. So they both have the largest auction house and they're also an active participant in the market? Yeah, I mean, they're present across the entire supply chain of the online advertising world. So we're coming at this as a sort of privacy issue because it's a question for the regulators to assess whether we've given our consent for our data to be used in this way. But actually, it's also a competition issue, isn't it? Because Google's able to offer advertisers more than they could get from any other party. This is what some of the experts I've been talking to have been saying. So, yes, at its core, this is a data privacy issue because this is about the fact that you and me as users have no idea what's going on with our data. And Google, as largest player, should be responsible more than anybody else, really, and be setting an example. So there's that. But then, yeah, they're also the most dominant player. And these sort of practices, which might undermine the rules mean that Google is able to offer companies something nobody else can get, which is a huge advantage for Google financially and economically, because allowing people to combine their IDs and target people better mean that they'll spend more and then they'll come back. So it's all part of this cycle. So it benefits Google in a very real way to allow this to happen. So the introduction of GDPR in Europe has made this a really live issue in Europe. And there's a lot of focus and we've seen some regulatory action beginning in Europe. What's the situation in the US? I think that 
Europe has led when it comes to data privacy and GDPR has become sort of this global standard. And in fact, people like Facebook have said they now apply the GDPR standards to their products globally. So I think in that way, it's made a huge mark. But the US does seem to be waking up now as well to more generally the fact that there needs to be more regulation or they think there should be more regulation on the tech industry. So we've seen a lot of calls for antitrust regulation coming out of DC, but also in terms of privacy, California has its own state-based regulation, which is going to be quite similar, maybe even more stringent than GDPR. But I think what everybody agrees in the ad tech world is that it's much easier to trade data in the US because there aren't any federal laws around what you can do with people's data. Okay. Thanks, Madhu, and thanks for listening. Don't forget, if you missed our episodes on Italy's new political alliance, Africa's internet giant Naspers, or London's love affair with the piano, you can find them on all the usual podcast platforms. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Coriant. Coriant provides wealth management services centered around you. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Coriant has experienced teams who can craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex. Real wealth requires real solutions. Connect with a wealth advisor today at Coriant.com. That's Coriant.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellingcat.com.